Your answer needs to be in the form of a question. This is the focus group. This is the focus group with business insiders Tim Bennett and John Nash. I fought worse monsters than you for years in Hollywood. I know how to win the hard way. We're all business, except when we're not. Don't with me, fellas! This ain't my first time at the rodeo. Welcome to The Focus Group. John Nash here with my good friend and co-host, Tim Bennett. Find us every Wednesday on Facebook Live or YouTube from 1 to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Or, of course, focusgroupradio.com is our website, and that's where all our information is about me and Tim, our shows, including Unbuttoned, which you can get on Tuesdays, a 20-minute audio-only podcast. So welcome to the new week. As you saw when I kicked off, in honor of one of our one of my personal favorite TV personalities, Alex Trebek, sadly passed away on Sunday. Someone, Yes, I saw that. Someone reported somewhere like, can't we just have a good weekend? Like we had Joe Biden win the presidency. He's the 46th president of the United States. And then the next day we sadly lose Alex Trebek. But I think that Trebek, God, what a what a what an imprint on the culture, right? <laughs> well, I was wondering how they were ever going to replace him. And I thought the same thing, though, about Bob Barker on The Price is Right. He was so identified with that show and such a part Come of what down. that show was. <laughs> and it, it's the same with, um, if you think of Wheel of Fortune, although Chuck Willery, I guess, started with Wheel of Fortune. But if you look at um, Pat Sajak and Vanna White with, with Wheel of Fortune, I don't really watch, I don't watch, daytime tv anymore so i i assume that drew drew carey is doing pretty well with the prices right but i just always identify bob barker as i would with alex trebek i don't know how they're going to to fix that or not fix it i don't know how they could fill his shoes we're wondering if one of the former jeopardy champions ken jennings has been groomed for the role because there was a couple of shows where oh, really where alex threw the question he said let's let's see what uh, former jeopardy champion ken jennings does and he kind of played like he was the host and asked the questions and bob and i look at each other like, hmm, i wonder if uh you know i wonder if he's being groomed for it we'll see we'll see but you know they filmed enough episodes of alex uh trebek until the end of the year so it's kind of weird that we'll be watching Jeopardy and he's still not with us. But I'm, I have, I'm like, I'm going to watch every episode <laughs> because I, I enjoy right. him so much. So that kicked I, you off know, When things. you saw him on the show, knowing he was sick and, and they said that he would, you know, they'd have to stop at some points because he'd be in pain or whatever. But I wondered how he, when I, when the news came across, I thought, was, was it sudden or was it just a slow decline and you don't notice it because if you see it every day, you might not notice it versus you haven't seen him in six months because all of a sudden it didn't seem like, Oh, he was, there was no reporting that he was sick or that he was bedridden or anything. It just happened to be, he passed away in his sleep with his friends and family around him. That's, that's what I think. So I was wondering when the last time was he did do taping. Oh, they said it was, um, five or 10 days ago. Uh, it was a, a, a well over a week, but he had finished off uh, a week of, in one day they do five episodes. So I'm right. gathering that they can do a month in four days. So I think he wrapped up the last episodes a little while ago. I, and I'm sure he, he had said that he was ex doing an experimental treatment. And he said, if there was no success with that, he was not going to keep trying these treatments and pushing right. the envelope, which I, uh, which I think all of us could understand um, from the common cold forward. No one likes being a patient. And um, he was, boy, he really had willpower because he'd show up at the studio. He he was very involved in the show's production. So I'm sure the loss is being felt very strongly by his family and his coworkers. But I'm glad that he, he worked till the end because I think that gave him purpose. Right. Well, 
I, I, I've often, many people get faced with that, uh, those illnesses and that news and, uh, it, it's, uh, obviously difficult on everybody and I'm sure it, it, sure it affects your mind and, and thoughts and what you did, what you didn't do, all that sort of stuff. I guess you start taking stock. So, uh, well, you know, and the other thing that I, it's, it's such an odd weekend of contrast because you have Biden winning the white house and you have president. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> and you have President Trump. Is everything you counted, John? Yeah, and then you have that. This <laughs> this boorish, um, fly in the face of statistics and math reasoning. We're going to recount everywhere. People are upset. We're going to do grassroots rallies and boats, r- boat rallies. Who cares? You're, you're, it's over. It's over. And and the craven Republicans just going along with it because like, well, we got to let the crybaby figure out his way out of the White House somehow. And then it's contrasted with a life dedicated to, um, you know, being kind to others and doing this great job that he did. And it's contrasted by Alex Trebek. And I, what a bookend, right? You have a, a excellent example of a wonderful American who happened to be Canadian. <laughs> Let's not forget that, right? He was a proud son of Canada. And then you have, you know, 45, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, here's two here's two better days, better days ahead, right? I would say so. So, uh, in the spirit of that, what caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. Well, John, you may have seen this, and I, I think you and Bob need to run out to your local Walmart <laughs> because uh, for the first time, the KFC or Kentucky Fried Chicken popular fireplace log is now going to be available. So, if you're interested in having your place smell like the seven herbs and spices. And uh, grab yourself a bucket of chicken, and you and Bob could sit by the fire, and the house can smell like chicken as you're eating chicken and licking your fingers. You can head over to uh, head over to Walmart. You can either buy it at Walmart for the odd price. This is the third year they're offering it, and they've actually, because of the event, they've actually extended the reach. They've worked in concert with a company called Envirolog, and they're providing the uh, the smelly the KFC smelly log. It's 1588. Last year was 1899. I don't know what 1588 means. It must be the Walmart discount. It's also available. <laughs> two, wait, wait, at, wait. two numbers are so wait. 1588. And what was last year's price? Last year's was 1899. <laughs> so it's down to 1588 and is now available at Walmart's uh, on Walmart's website and at select store locations. But they sell out quick. They sell out very quick. They sell they sell out in in no time. This is not a and, joke, folks. This is not a joke. This is real, right? No, it's 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 a total totally real thing. They're done by Enviro and Envirolog, tongue twister, E N V I R O, and uh, they were announced last Monday that they were available for purchase. So a week ago, so they may have already been sold out. The uh, it's also for the first time going to be available uh, in store and in Canada. So for all our Canadian listeners, you can get yourself a a smelly log as well. They said that um, they decided to the marketing person. Z- Zahumensky, Andrea Zahumensky, chief marketing officer at uh, at KFC, put put out a put out a, a release, and I just thought, obviously, the PR hacks wrote this. She says, although this year may look different, we hope that by expanding our exclusive partnership with Envirolog and Walmart, people can once again grab a fried chicken scented fire log, order a bucket of chicken from KFC, and savor the tastes, smell, and warmth. That has become our favorite holiday tradition. <laughs> you really think she's not this? <laughs> I, I don't associate warmth and all this other stuff with the KFC. I do get picking up a bucket of chicken. 
<laughs> and getting the log. But I, well, you know, not... Matt loves the chicken, and there's a few other people. My friend Kate loves the chicken. There's people I know that love the chicken. I think it's disgusting. Do you like a KFC chicken? I think it's greasy. It's delicious. Just look at the bottom oh, of the bucket. Oh, so you do like it. Yeah, okay. but here's the reason why. Look at the bottom of the bucket when you're done, and it's one big stain of grease. So you know it's on your fingers, and now it's in your body. You might as well just slap funny. that. I, so you're, you're a little secret KFC eater. Well, like I like, I haven't had them in years, but you know, who doesn't love a McDonald's French fry? But let's be well, real. You know, however... This is funny. So, let me, so a couple other things, though, John. They said that I didn't realize this. They said the chicken chain is known for its unusual attention-grabbing marketing strategies. So in 2016, the company gave away 3,000 bottles of chicken-scented sunscreen. <laughs> That's disgusting. Imagine being on the beach and the seagulls coming around looking for a bite. <laughs> and the crabs and the sand fleas all over you because they smell the chicken. Did someone get a promotion for that? Maybe they just got a gift card in marketing. Like, that was a great idea. We love yeah, that chicken-scented SPF 15, yeah. Sure. And then in 2019, it created a faux bear skin rug that resembled the colonel. <laughs> so oh you can have God. a boat so the colonel lying on your floor in front of your fireplace dead and then last year they <laughs> launched a crowdfunding campaign for two projects one included a hot tub that looked like the kfc bucket and the other one was a pop-up picnic kit and colonel on ice show the colonel on ice colonel hey on ice. when you were younger did you ever go see like the uh, ice capades or anything like that did you get taken to that down at the hartford civic center I don't think we had the we, money. We saw Puffin Stuff on Ice. Did you? Yeah. Witchy Poo, HR, <laughs> Fred of the Magic Did Flute. you enjoy it? I loved it. We we were, uh, that's before we knew that that was the route for all figure skaters end up in the in the ice capades or whatever those shows were. Um, but yeah, I remember the, and it, you know, it was marginally exciting. They they did yeah. a couple of tricks. They jumped over barrels. They did stuff. That's, that's still, I'll, I'll tell one of my old Subaru stories quickly. It was still one of my favorites. You know, Karen Allen, right? Mm -hmm. She was in charge of sponsorships and advertising and a lot of the event stuff. And she was my, my counterpart. And one of the regional managers, Bill, who you know, in Chicago calls up and he's looking for Rolling Stone tickets or Hootie and the Blowfish. She's looking for something. He wants concert tickets, concert tickets. And the Stones were going to be touring the U.S. this time. So she goes, well, I'll, I'll check with the agency, Bill, and send some stuff out to you. So a few weeks later, he's on the phone. And Karen says, hey, did the agency send you any, any tickets? And Bill just very dryly, because that's the way he was very dry. He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to thank you for the Pocahontas on ice tickets. <laughs> <laughs> that was when the Disney movie was out, right? He was looking for the Rolling Stones or you know Springsteen or something. He's like, oh, yeah, thanks for the Pocahontas on ice tickets. <laughs> <laughs> and I see... As Tim tells the story, I know who's saying it. So I could so imagine the delivery, delivery, right? And the deadpan. Oh, yeah. Thanks for Pocahontas <laughs> on ice. We got a, what was the name of her? Was it John something? The uh, the British, the, the pilgrim guy. Oh, yeah. We got a John Standish doll. <laughs> I think that's what it was. All right. Well, moving on. Okay. Mine is one of the stories that you and I love. Let's go to a flea market and buy an old picture. And behind uh -oh. that picture is a Declaration of Independence. Well, this is right up John's alley because the headline reads this. Star Wars toys discovered in bin bags net 400,000 pounds for UK couple. You can't, yeah, you can't make this stuff up. A British couple have thanked their lucky stars after a garage full of garbage bags they inherited from a dead neighbor yielded a trove of Star Wars toys worth 525,000. Is that what? crazy? Yeah. Why so much? Well, the couple from Storebridge in central England, 
were initially unsure what to make of the jumble of dolls and spacecraft their neighbor had spent decades collecting. Their son called in an auctioneer who found a treasure trove of Star Wars memorabilia, including action figures still pristine in their sealed packaging. A lot of them were a little bit damp because of how they were stored, but generally it's the best Star Wars collection I've ever seen, says Chris Aston of Aston's Auctioneers. We had a huge amount of interest from all over the world, and and we were expecting the sale to do very well. Well, here's how well the sale did, and it blows my mind. Going under the hammer was a Star Wars Destroyer Commander, one of only two known examples still to be in its original packaging, which sold for $42,000. Wow. A Palatoy Jawa, little, little characters with brown wraps and red eyes, still in its packaging and believed to be only one of 10 in existence, fetched 27,000 pounds, which is about 30-some thousand dollars. A set of eight figures from Return of the Jedi that cost only $1.59 <laughs> when each when they were bought in the 1980s went for fourteen or $1,800 apiece. From Stormtrooper helmets to R2-D2's eye, memorabilia from one of the world's biggest movie franchises can fetch eye-watering sums. So are these all original things then? So when the this, movie first came out? Yeah, exactly, from 19... Do you have any of this stuff? No, no. You know, I had yeah. a couple of these things, but they got played with or they got broken. They were, they were toys. They were, you know, they were dollars or something. Yeah. yeah. So um, there you have it. That's the... Uh, <laughs> do, could you imagine getting, you know, what? Five hundred twenty-five thousand out of a neighbor's garage because he he let you have all these garbage bags filled with Star Wars. Would you have known? Toys? In other words, if you were the person that got that, would you have opened it up and said, "Oh, these are worth something"? Or you, I would have been known. excited because oh, they I were known. toys. But would yeah. you have known they were worth anything? Oh, I sure, sure would have known because if they, if they had the Kenner, if it was in the packaging, you know, they call it MIB Mint in Box, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I read this thing and I just my mouth opened up. I'm like half a million dollars. In Star Wars dollies, they're dolls. You know, they're they're yeah. action figures. They're dolls, but there you go. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I thought you'd appreciate that because it's our my version of the Declaration of Independence, Star Wars, right? Perfect. <laughs> All we right. Need to find something. Time for the business birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. So happy birthday to John Thompson Dorrance. He was born November 11th, 1873. He died September 21st in 1930 at 56 years old. He was a chemist, but more importantly, he discovered the method of how to create condensed soup. And he did this while he was working for his uncle's company, which was uh, known as the Joseph Campbell Preserve Company. And so he developed this formula for Campbell's soup, as we know it today. In 1897, eventually rose to become president of the Campbell Soup Company, and then the rest is history. If you can imagine. Can you imagine? I love this one because, let's face it, this this is like miracle food, right? Campbell's Soup is like everybody has a can in their cabinet. They have to, yep. and it's usually yep. tomato. <laughs> yep. He was born in Bristol, Pennsylvania. He earned his Bachelor of Science degree uh, from MIT. As I said, he was a nephew of the general manager of this Joseph Campbell Preserve Company, and while he was working there, he invented the recipe or invented the um, idea of condensed soup. And uh, later on, he went on to become president of the company and then eventually bought it and uh, became part of the Dorrance family. He uh, was married with five children. It was not funny, but there was a they were so wealthy that when he died. So he 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 had um, 
lived in Cinnamons in New Jersey where he died. And Campbell Soup is based in Camden, New Jersey, which is right across from Philadelphia. Literally, you could see across the river. And so both states were fighting as to who was going to pay the tax for the, um, the inheritance tax and the state taxes. So Pennsylvania fought it. New Jersey fought it. It went to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court bounced it back, and they ended up paying taxes to both states as, a, as an estate tax because both wanted the money. But but that um, that's kind of slimy, do you think? Of course it is. Of course okay. it is. <laughs> but that's the way the IRS is, right? Or or the tax collectors are, right? They're trying to get the trying to get the coin. So the um, he was uh, currently there are eleven members of his lineage that collectively own more than fifty percent of the global food giant, which generates more than eight billion in annual sales a year. They own brands such as Prego, uh, V8, Pepperidge Farms. And the total value uh, of what they call the Dorrance uh, family inheritance is about $17.2 billion. Oh, so oh, that, oh, oh, those oh, 11 oh. kids share that. They share the share pot that, that $17.2 with a B? With a B. Wow. Yeah. Each, they each get somewhere about, like I think, is a 10.8% is what each, each, uh, each member has. But why can't we be born in one of these families? <laughs> I... I why can't we live next to someone who hands you a garbage bag full of Star Wars toys? I mean, I'd take that, right? I'd take the one billions. The, I'd take the billions. But One of the kids, John Ippey, he, he renounced his U.S. citizenship and hightailed it to Ireland to avoid the taxes, but the rest are still here in the States. My so, God. What a yeah. good... Happy birthday. Good birthday, man. That's And, and hey, I'm, I happen to like the brand, and I like the side story you found about the inheritance taxes. That's... You know, the, clearly, I would have said if they're in Camden, they're in New Jersey. It's Jersey, right? Well, they said there was significant. They said following Dorrance's death, there was significant litigation over his domicile for purposes of estate and inheritance tax. The Supreme Court of Pennsylvania held that he was domiciled in Pennsylvania. The Supreme Court of New Jersey held that he was domiciled in New Jersey, and that the state was the state was required to pay both sides, or whatever. So it went to the mm-hmm. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court kicked it back, it back down. And so they had to pay in both states God. because he had he had residents in both places. He had a his current uh, the oh. residence he had in PA is currently this the site of um, Cabrini College Got or it. Cabrini University in okay. Radnor Township. So there you died go. Young though, fifty six years old. I thought that when I saw that when I was setting up the uh, the notes for the show, I thought fifty six was extremely young, even given the time period he was in. I, I yeah. would have thought that he would at least have made it into the seventies. Well, wow, yeah. excellent one. All right, folks, as you know, um, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we want you to visit them by going to our site, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on their shark logo. We'll take you to Deep Discount, where we have a winter site-wide sale going on. I have that up on the screen now. Lots of stuff to choose from, and as normal, when we have site-wide sales, Tim and I can kind of go free-range, and we call it. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> What did you pick, sir? So I picked, I, I initially was looking for a particular thing which was on back order, so we'll save that for another time. But um, So what I ended up falling into was Pee-wee's Playhouse, the complete series. John and I have talked about Pee-wee's Playhouse a number of times. It's uh, The complete series is that you could either get it through Blu-ray, and it's uh, you save over 50, 50 bucks on Blu-ray, you can get it for under $100 at around $99, or you can get the full series uh, on DVD, which comes in at about uh, $28.75. But for me, it was Saturday morning. There was a group of us that used to have Bloody Marys and watch it every Saturday morning in Philadelphia when I first got out of college. 
show came out in 86. It was nowhere. It was a kid show, but really nowhere near a kid show. Would you agree? You know, it was it, it, it reminds me of almost a Pixar movie where it's made for kids, but it's made for adults. I mean, you know, how could you not react to Tito, the lifeguard? Remember that that the, the handsome guy they had as the <laughs> lifeguard for the pool house? He'd come in with right. just only a bathing suit on. And I used to watch it with Bob Saturday mornings. You had the, the zombie was, was obviously very flamboyant. I mean, it was every sort of stereotype around. There was the bully, there was the this, the that. And I remember one particular episode and they, they, it actually did hit the news. He had encouraged kids. My mother was watching with me at the time and we must, I must've been in Connecticut for something <laughs> over the holidays, but Pee Wee encouraged the kids to go into their mother's underwear drawer <laughs> and get a pair of, panties i remember this and he stuck it over his stuck part of it like where the crotch would be over his head and his arms through arms and through the through the leg holes and then pulled it over his butt he he goes i'm gonna swing i'm gonna swing and he was walking around (laughs) and i'm like can you imagine telling kids go and go into your mother's underwear drawer get her panties and so anyway, love Pee Wee Herman. That's what I picked. Yeah, and it's a good one. Bob's niece. Bob sent this to his niece when she was growing up as a present, and she adored Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, I kind of think it was better when you had to wait every Saturday. And then when he yeah. ended the show, it was, oh, we had to wait for a week for another one. It was kind of like appointment TV for us, for sure. It's from a cool distributor, too, called Shout Factory. I had, um, I was going to pick a movie called Designing Woman with Lauren Bacall and Gregory Peck, but I, I ended up going in the direction of sci-fi. Whoa, surprise, everybody. Surprise, right? <laughs> I'm laughing because you almost sound like we were going to do it at the Four Seasons, but the Four Seasons Lawn Care Facility. So designing woman, not designing women, <laughs> designing woman. <laughs> yes, because I'm like Aldi off-brand stuff. <laughs> I chose a movie called Silent Running uh, with Bruce Dern. came out in uh, 1972. Visual effects were done by Douglas Trumbull, who had done Close Encounters of the Third Kind, The Andromeda Strain. And it's up there in terms of its look and feel with Stanley Kubrick's 2001. Basically, the Earth's ecosystem is dying. There are these ships that are orbiting the planet that have all plant and animal life on them. And Bruce Dern's on one called the Valley Forge. There's a nuclear war. They say, you jettis- you you destroy all that stuff because we're it's, it's, it's scorched Earth policy. And he, along with these three little robots take the Valley Forge out towards Saturn to save the, the the remaining plant life of Earth or something. It's very dystopic, you know. <laughs> it's a you little like downer. You dystopic stuff, don't you? Well, I, it's, a, it's a thought experiment, right? In this case, though, it is rather dystopic. So, so I, I thought of Silent Running because it probably looks amazing on Blu-ray, and I have not seen it in many, many years, and I would like to pick that up and see it on Blu-ray crystal clear. I'd like to see it like it was projected in 1972. And, of course, we have a new release this week. And the new release is called Harry Chapin, When in Doubt, Do Something. Uh, it's a documentary. Uh, growing up the son of famed jazz drummer and author Jim Chapin, Harry Chapin forged his own music career in the 1970s as a respected and successful folk singer-songwriter before his untimely death in 1981. He died very young as well. Wow. This moving documentary explores not only Chapin's wonderful songs, but also his work as an activist combating world hunger. So here we have someone else giving back in a fantastic way. So the uh, this movie is called Harry Chapin, When in Doubt, Do Something. And it's available from Deep Discount. So uh, let's recap for everybody. Tim picked... Pee-wee's Playhouse, I Pick Silent Running, and the release this week is Harry Chapin, When in Doubt, Do Something. 
So, uh, so own your passion, head over to deep discount by going to focusgroupradio.com, click on the deep discount logo and start shopping away and, uh, get a jump on the uh, holiday season. Speaking of the holiday season, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to check in with our friend, Marge Margulies and her pottery and a visit with her and see how, uh, see how she's doing and, um, perhaps present some great gift ideas for the holidays. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Focus on the savvy side of 9 to 5 with The Focus Group. Try, really try. Listen, laugh, and learn with Tim and John. I never try anything. I just do it. Welcome back to the Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is where you'll find all our media. It's housed there. I like that. Housed. It's, it's housed. All, it's contained there. And that includes our Tuesday podcast, Unbuttoned. And of course, you'll learn about me and Tim and all of our wonderful sponsors. And as Tim said before we went to break, uh, holidays are fast approaching. In fact, on our show on Button this week, Tim had a great article about how decorating for Christmas makes people happier. So why not get to it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's on the way. We are going to go out to California, and uh, joining us by phone is a guest that we had on a few weeks ago. Wonderful artist and a potter, and a, and I think you're going to love her work. We're going to be showing it to you on screen while we talk to her. And if you're listening, we'll describe these pieces as well, and Marge will as well. And her name is Marge Margulies, and she is a wonderful artist. So welcome to the show, Marge. Hi, John. Hi, Tim. Hey, how are you? Doing great. So, so what the, um, I, I, I do have to do a sidebar. I received a beautiful, beautiful gift from you. (laughs) (laughs) So so I have to, I have to thank you. So I got the dog bowl for Spike, which is just, it's, it's so adorable and lovely and the perfect thing and much appreciated. So I'll get that out of the way before we get down to business, but I want to thank you personally. I'll get that that. thank you out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) And it was addressed right to him. I think you noticed. Yes, it was, which was really cute. Um, Rich, Richard came in. He said, he said, Spike got mail. <laughs> I, said, I said, Spike got mail. That's really cute. So, That's very cute. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. It was very cute. It, what a wonderful thing. So that, so for the listeners, it's a, it's a dog bowl. And actually, it's kind of the color of the shirt I'm wearing, if you're watching on the video. And uh, it uh, has his name on it. It's just, uh, just a beautiful piece. Beautifully done. So thank you. Even the dogs should have nice dinnerware. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Marge, um, tell us a little bit about what you're creating. And we know you have a beautiful studio out west uh, that you create all this in your gorgeous studio. Um, last time we visited with you, we saw all the color you use and all the incredible shapes and forms you do. So give us a little rundown. Well, I think that you have a picture that I sent you of my whole studio, which is not just the cleaned up part that we saw last time. I thought it'd be interesting for you to see that I work in multiples, which is an understatement. Um, The studio is just filled with all the stuff I'm making now for holidays coming. Um, You know, I've been thinking so much about how we're all stuck at home for all this time and the holidays are gonna come anyway. And so enhancing your holiday meal with beautiful pottery is just a no-brainer. So I'm making lots of sets 
I make these sets that are centerpieces, really, that can be taken apart and used for serving food and making a beautiful holiday table. And that's pretty much what I'm focused on right now, filling orders from my new online store and, you know, making pottery. So what what I love about about your work is it's it's decorative decorative but it's also functional, right. and uh, and the one thing I I think we had mentioned once before is is you can't get over how not only how beautiful it is and how functional it is but it also has a surprising um, quality to it of being lighter than you might expect. Right. So so is is that is that how how do you do that? Is that some special process? Because many times pottery feels so so heavy sometimes. And I think sometimes people might stay away from it because it feels too heavy, perhaps. But why is yours not as as heavy, but still has the same um, the same impact? Well, you know, I think the main reason is just that for many years, I've just been focused on trying to make pieces that feel great in your hands. And I think a big part of that is not having them be too heavy. So I throw very evenly. There's no excess weight on the bottom, making it feel real heavy. And the truth is, once ceramics is fired, you know, it's such a high temperature, it doesn't need to be super thick to be sturdy. You know, it's it's really sturdy just by virtue of being fired ceramics. So, now, you know, it's really more the intention to do it. You know, I have a lot of experience making pottery, and I try to make pieces that feel super balanced. It is really great, actually. I've heard a lot of people say that when they pass the salad or serving bowl around the table, even the like older people can pick them up with ease and that that is, um, you know, an enjoyable facet of them. There's a, there, there's a lot to love about your work. Actually, many of the server sets and the bowl sets are all designed to stack into each other. So from a storage point Mm -hmm. of view, if you live in an apartment or a smaller home, you're going to get a piece of Marge's pottery and you're going to actually be getting one piece, but it's kind of like a nested Russian doll. It's another bowl, another bowl, another bowl, another bowl. Are right. these, are, are all the glazes uh, dishwasher safe or is this all uh, hand wash? No, it can all go in the dishwasher if it fits comfortably. Certainly the glaze can um, take the heat and water of your dishwasher. Generally, I say be a little bit careful with the ones that have a carved edge, but they're really meant to be used and easy to care for. Some of them, you know, the larger pieces where those sets that fit together are inspired by succulent plants in general. And I love the geometry of those things. So I carve the edges um, on every piece that when they fit together, they create an impression of a succulent plant, a cactus or something from the garden. And then when you pull it together, like you say, I mean, pull it apart, excuse me, each piece turns out to have its own function. But like you said, you can leave it on the table or on the counter, the kitchen island, and it makes just a beautiful color, um, almost instead of flowers, which, of course, don't last forever the way ceramics does. (laughs) I literally thought that when you said it. I thought, oh, those dried flowers that die and the water is like icky and like gotta get rid of them i think i think the uh we we love uh marge has given tim and i sets and and we love it beautiful coloring uh marge has things called delectables there are pictures one of her most popular items and we laughed about this the last time she was on was a discussion about mugs 
you know, it's a good firm handle. Everybody need, everybody loves their harmonium mugs, I believe they're called. <laughs> That's right. And then you sent you me know? some pictures of something that I had not seen before, and that was planters. Right. That's kind of a new item, in fact. A lot of times I'll get my ideas from a customer saying, you know, can you make me a planter? And I think, well, I guess. And then I make a planter, and then I have a bunch of ideas, and then it looks great with a plant in it. And then someone sends me a picture, which I think I sent you some pictures of some customers who actually got these planters and put plants in them. And then I got more ideas and just started making a bunch of planters. And now I can see how fabulous they are, especially inside now that it's cold. You can have like a beautiful, brightly colored garden inside. I, I really you like know? the planters personally, because um, if you go to a garden store or like a Lowe's or something, you're going to get very standard looking stuff. And that's okay. But for indoor plants, or if you have a beautiful patio, just to look at how colorful these are and the glazes, it, it really it enhances the plant. Yeah, they're not standard at all. And, you know, they obviously come with a with drainage holes and then a matching plate to catch the drips. So the whole thing is designed. The edges reflect each other. They're kind of lighthearted, you know, and cheerful. And they do, they make the plants look really great. And there's three sizes on those. So the little ones are terrific for in the windowsill where you would put pansies or violets or a little tiny cactus that doesn't get big real fast. And then the big ones are pretty big and they can take any kind of plant. They really enhance the way a plant looks, I think. It's really pretty, especially when you have a bunch of them together. Wow. We're, we're talking with Marge Margulies and we're talking about her pottery. And so if you're listening to the audio uh, audio feed, you could go to our Facebook page and we'll have a link to Marge's site there. But if you'd like to write it down, it's Marge, M-A-R-G-E, Margulies, M-A-R-G-U-L-I-E-S, pottery.com. And if you're watching the video, if you go to YouTube to see our video, you'll see the uh, see the name on the screen there. So Marge, how has, um, we know you've had to pivot um, with the event and uh, have you found, um, any challenges or we always encourage people to shop small when they can and, and support the independent artisans and small businesses. And particularly now as we're going into holiday season, it's so important because small businesses are usually the lifeblood of a community, part of the culture, um, part of, part of, you know, how we live. And I think it's, it's so important to, uh, to support our independent businesses. Have you, um, have you been encouraged by people supporting or, or finding you online now versus some of the big craft shows you would go to? Yes, uh, thank you very much, Tim. You know, there's a whole infrastructure. I don't know how how aware of it people really are of craft and art shows all across the country that happen mostly in the warm months, of course, but all year long. And my colleagues and I, all of us are just suddenly out in the cold. And it's true, we work as individuals alone in our own studios by ourselves, making the things that we ourselves are delighted by. And in general, when you find someone to show it to, you you know, you meet them in person. But I have been having, I think, a pretty good startup run here on the online store situation. And I'm learning that actually it could be better in some ways because you can see everything I make at once. You can see all the colors. You can see all the variations, the prices, the details of every single piece on the online store. And I think people are really coming to that now. Out of necessity, of course, but, you know, it's maybe not quite as good as getting it in your hands, but I'm hopeful that the photographs um, show it well enough 
to give you the idea. And then, of course, as soon as you have it in your hands at home at your own place, you realize that, you know, you've got something that's really singular, I think. And, you know, that you'll wind up living with and using and having as part of your environment. So I'm pretty I'm pretty pleased so far. Uh, we'll see how the long run goes. I'm trying to build um, an awareness that I'm, you know, out here working away in my studio. <laughs> so you hope that people will remember that you're out there and think of it, especially now when it's gift time. Well, and I love the idea of sing. I like what you how you put that. Something singular. It's it's a piece of art. It's unique. It's beautiful. It's colorful. It's not you know, and that you know. To me, that says everything, especially when you're giving a gift. So let's even en encourage people to visit. So it's MargeMargulisPottery.com. Marge is offering free shipping on all items. And uh, and also a seasonal discount. You might as well mention that, John. There's a discount across the board of 15% on everything throughout this holiday season, as well as free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. That's unbelievable. The free shipping is a huge deal, because I... We were talking with some friends the other day, and, and John, you probably do the same thing. If I look at a site and they don't give me free shipping around the holidays, I move on. on. <laughs> <laughs> we move on. Yeah, we're moving on. Free shipping. We all like free shipping. And let's not forget, <laughs> could you tell people about um, your gift cards? And my gift card is a physical object, which I'm inordinately proud of, uh, designing a physical gift card. I mean, I know online you can just do a quick online you know, click and it takes you right to the site, but this comes in the mail. It's a printed certificate that's actually mounted on a little board. It comes in a beautiful presentation envelope and gets sent out the same day and is received in the mail by your recipient. So they have something they can hold in their hand. It has all the directions on the back of it of how to redeem it. It's super easy. They, on my website, they're listed in 15 different amounts. Um, so you can really get almost anything off of my site from a gift card um, that I'll send. It's a cool. real nice, you know, it's a present that comes in person. It's not just online. So as, and we can't uh, reiterate enough. So many people are going to be shopping online this year because that, because of the event. So uh, why not support one of our uh, artisans and small businesses? And of course, a, a friend of ours here on the focus group. So it's margemargulispottery.com. We'll be sure to, uh, Post it to our Facebook page as well. We are going to sweeten the pot a little bit, though, Marge, for you. So we've got um, <laughs> we have our famous Focus Group Radio socks. So anybody out there who does order any pottery items or gift cards from Marge, please send us a um, a note to letters at focusgroupradio.com with a picture of it, and then we will in turn send you what we're calling our family pack of Focus Group Radio socks. So you're going to get. Is that a what you're calling black... it, Tim? A family pack. I'm calling it okay. a family pack. Okay. So you're going to get a, a pair of black and yellow <laughs> socks and a pair of purple and white socks, and uh, all you have to do is uh, support Marge. Let us know that you supported her, and then we'll get you out uh, a family pack of our Focus Group Radio socks. So. Um, and you can excited. all wear the socks around the holiday table. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's ex that's exactly right. Marge, we want to thank you for joining us today, and um, we'll be sure to post all the information to uh, to our website and to our uh, our social media. So again, it's Marge Margulies, M-A-R-G-E-M-A-R-G-U-L-I-E-S, pottery.com. And uh, we encourage you all to shop small when you can. We like to do it, and it's very important. So uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, John. 
Thank you, I Marge. Hope that everybody has a great holiday um, in spite of everything we're going through. Thank you. Good sentiments. So that was a uh, fun visiting with Marge out west. Um, and now it's time for a couple of little, and, and we love her pottery, by the way. I, we're, we're not just making this up. We love the fact that she's an artisan. She has made a business out of this. And I think we've heard some feedback from everybody out there who listens to the show. And we want to find other artisans to, to focus on because I think making a lifestyle, making a career and a life out of business out of this is pretty cool. So we're going to move on to two super quick shop talks that we have. Um, I found the two of them, and I think they're somewhat hilarious for what's going on here. But the first one reads, <laughs> and it's a very brief, they're, they're brief. Netflix is testing a linear channel in France that should help with decision fatigue. I suffer from this. So what are they doing? They're creating a channel on Netflix, which allows you to just basically sit back and watch TV without choosing what, you know. Just like it used to always but is, be. Isn't that isn't that counter to what Netflix is? Yes. Isn't Netflix supposed to be? Let me explore and find. That's why else? this is a shop talk. There's, it's like, come on, folks. You know, and they and they basically said some people want to sit down and just you know not make a decision. That's television, <laughs> at least from my point of, point of view, right? So they said what I thought was weird about this Netflix direct. So they're going to launch it in France. Is that they said essentially all the viewers on that channel or that stream will be watching the same programming at the same time. So it's almost as if you turned on NBC. <laughs> With your cable provider, right? <laughs> That's gonna, exactly it's just, right. It's just whatever's on. So somebody gets to program it. Yeah. And the other thing I thought was funny about this, I think we did a story two or three weeks ago about how Netflix might have been on Unbutton, but Netflix was being boycotted because of the the little cutie show or something. How yeah, they yeah. Lost it was a French show, actually. Yeah. Meanwhile, here they say they're up 26 million subscribers. So who knows? Fake news. <laughs> I, I, I don't know <laughs> I, I laughed bad. about You're that. really so bad. Three weeks ago, they were off 800,000 a month. Now this month, they're up 28, 26 million subscribers. Crazy. So what's our, our our last little shop talk thing, which I think many people will relate to? This one I was a little confused about. but So this says Japan has solved traveler's AirPod problem. So apparently what's happening on, on the East Japan Railway, which is the equivalent of any of our, our railway systems in our big cities, is that um, people have the Air, Air, AirPods um, in particularly Apple AirPods in their in their ears, which they're from Apple, right? And uh, when they get on and off the train, they'll fall out of the ear and they end up falling down into the track or into the to the gravel in the track. And then people lose their earbuds, right? Mm -hmm. So they're trying to figure out, is there a way they can get them? Obviously, don't jump on the track. They said that uh, train passengers dropped over 950 of them on the tracks at 78 different rail stations in the Tokyo area. And so they came up with this gadget, the JR East people came up with this gadget that kind of goes down and um, they partnered with Panasonic. It's like a vacuum that will suck up these Air AirPods. What I was trying to figure out is how do you know who's is who? Okay. <laughs> I can't believe you. I read this thing like twice and no one bothers to say, oh, here's how we're going to figure it out. I have no idea because if you went into, even if your phone, you know that find your phone, find your AirPods, right. find your Apple stuff. Let's say you go into a lost and found and you're in Tokyo or even in New York City and and your phone is telling you that, that it's in the box, like it's there, you know, but right. which one? <laughs> I have, I don't know. It, that's an interesting question. That's a really interesting question. There must be. So I lost mine. I, I, I think I told you what happened to me. Yeah. I, I had my, I got off the phone. I was talking with you. I wasn't on the phone. I, I kept the buds in my ear. I'd gone to the bathroom, taken a tinkle, flushed the toilet off. It went right down, <laughs> right down the road. So I was furious. So I got on, find your earbud, right? So yeah. I'm watching it go down the sewer, down into the ocean. I'm watching it go down the street. 
So um, it was able to track it. But I called Apple. This apparently happens quite a bit. So they had asked me for all these little numbers on the back of my other one. Impossible to read. I'm taking pictures of it, trying to blow it up, trying to see if I could read these numbers. I couldn't. They ended up sending me three different because they were trying to figure out where I purchased them from and what the serial number was yeah. on the box. Thankfully, I still had it. But they ended up having to send me three different ones before one actually would pair with the one I had. And then I sent back the other two. But um, I didn't realize this was happening as much as it is. It's obviously a problem that people have to fix. So what were they saying in Manhattan? They're saying they're... they're they, they said here, All you have to do is tell someone at the MTA. They won't even let you buy a Metro card, let alone, oh, I lost my earbud in the track. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. They said they'll get it for them. I don't know these magic stations because that, that, that they've closed a lot of the, the, the human uh, manned toll booths. But it says retrieving lost AirPods make up a sizable chunk of requests for the several dozen workers at New York's Metropolitan Transportation Authority who scour subway tracks for lost objects, reported the Wall Street Journal. And in quotes, it's job security as far as we're concerned. So that one just says it all to me. As long as we're all walking around with these things, there's going to be a bunch of people employed to find them when they fall out of our ears, right? No, it's uh, it was crazy. So I just I thought that was a pretty yeah pretty funny one. But I, I I was glad to see that I'm not the only one who's lost these things. Have you have they fallen out of your ears? No, no. I the newer ones. But have. I will I will second your story. I was um, one time I was trying to reach a friend of mine, um, and this is back when we had the BlackBerry, the BlackBerry Pearl, or yep. the Blackberries. Well, finally, a phone my phone rings, and it's my friend, and he's like. I said, why, are you, why didn't you just send me a text? Oh, you're not going to believe what happened. Like what he used. He goes, I was at a, an event and I had my uh, BlackBerry in, my, in the inside pocket of his blazer or something. And he bent down to flush the toilet and it flew right out and in. And then it happened as he hit it. And the, the BlackBerry Pearl was kind of small. And it actually went down. And it, he thought it was lodged in there. They had the janitorial staff come. They put a suction cup thing. Then they did a crowbar, but it was gone. So, yes, this happens all the time, unfortunately. <laughs> well, there, you, there go. you go. Yeah. So, so hey, we want to thank you for joining us today. We want to thank our uh, our friends at uh, Deep Discount. Be sure to head over to focusgroupradio.com. Click on the Deep Discount logo and start shopping away. I picked Pee-wee's Playhouse, the complete series. John picked a uh, sci-fi movie called Silent Running. John the picked release... a sci-fi movie. <laughs> Yeah, surprise, surprise. surprise. Tim picked a comedy on TV. John picked sci-fi. It's pretty predictable. <laughs> I have the attention span of an at. John's waiting for the whole world to explode. And, implode. <laughs> and while you're doing that, you can check out the new release that just came out this week. Harry Chapin, When in Doubt, Do Something. And uh, so it's a great documentary. Also features Bruce Springsteen, Billy Joel, Graham Nash, Kenny Rogers, Pat Benatar, a few others. So that's pretty cool. And then thanks to Marge Margulies, who joined us out from... Uh, the West Coast, and um, we're, we're really sincere about supporting our independent artists and uh, people out there And the, with the event. They've obviously been far more hurt than some of these big box stores and those big chains. And to reiterate what John said, if you're an artist out there and you're in business and you'd like to be featured on the show, send us a letter to letters at focusgroupradio.com, and we'd, uh, we'd love to talk to you and see how you're, uh, you're pivoting your business in this time. So, John, thank you. Thank you. And um, be sure everybody mask up. And if you're driving out there, don't text and drive. Arrive alive. We'll see you next week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com.
That was a stunning focus group.